Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. It's now time for Market View. I'm Elliot Danker. Together with Timothy Go and Chua Tian Tian, we will talk a little bit about Singapore Airlines. Nike is in focus as well. But first, closing bell. But first, a quick recap of how we started the day. So Singapore shares started trading in the green, largely tracking global markets. So in early trade, the Straits Times Index was up 0.4% at 3,220 points. Some 109 million securities changed hands across the broader market. Now, after the closing numbers, the benchmark STI closed down 0.04%, giving up earlier gains. It's at uh, 3,205 points. Now, in terms of value, turnover, we are looking at $1.88 billion. Now, gainers trailed losers 254 versus 266. Top advances, Jardin Cycle and Carriage, New Incorporation, USD and UOB. In terms of top decliners, we have GMH, USD, Golden Energy and SIA. Now, in terms of companies to watch, we do have Singapore Airlines because news emerged that Temasek is selling around $400 million worth of shares, which is a 1.85% stick. Uh, that's uh, in a rebalancing act, right? So meanwhile, from Nike's earnings to Shin denying a US IPO, more companies continue to be in focus. Also on our agenda today, China's latest manufacturing activity contracting for a third straight month in June. So for more market moves and views, let's speak to Benjamin Go, Head of Research and Investor Education at CS Ben. Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Good. And Ben, let's start with the usuals. How did the STI close for the week? Any surprises when it comes to the biggest move? Sure. The SDI is down about half a percent this week. So this is uh, in contrary to how the US, Australian and Japanese uh, stock markets perform. Uh, over there, they had a pretty good week. Markets were up. Uh, the biggest lagger today is, as you have mentioned, SIA. So Tomasic's block trade came out of literally nowhere. Mm. Uh, what was also surpri- surprising was Yang Zhang shipping. That stock is up 4.17% today. Uh, really on the back of positive sentiments surrounding the company's ability to win more orders uh, because as uh, you know, we, we, as you can recall, the news came out earlier this week that the company secured repeat orders for three more vessels. Uh, apart from that, technical analysis is a little bit uh, worrying because uh, since the beginning of this year, we've had lower highs and higher lows. So it does appear that the SGI may be forming a triangle pattern supported by increasing trading volumes in the last few weeks. So you were talking about some of the movements on the uh, STI today. Any chance you could expand a little bit on the SIA being the hot stock of the day? Looks like a bit of a mm. portfolio rebalancing act here. Is this something we should be concerned about? Um, probably not. So it is quite common for institutional investors to adhere to some kind of strategic portfolio allocation. So if you look at the share price for SIA, it performed really well over the last few weeks. Uh, probably too much. Uh, so therefore, SIA has got too high a weight in Tomasic's portfolio. Uh, so if that's the reason that Tomasic needs to trim its holdings, that's entirely normal. Mm. Um, on the stock price itself, I think it does appear that irrational exuberance may have pushed it up too high, too fast. Uh, and actually, its current share price is already above the endless consensus 12-month target price. So so some kind of uh, price moderation would not be uh, surprising. All right. Um, let's talk about China's latest manufacturing activity reading, uh, Ben. Factory activity contracted for a third straight month uh, in the month mm. of June at a slower pace. To what extent do you think uh, this is within expectation? Well, I think it fits the overall narrative. That there, are real, there are some really stubborn structural issues with China's economy. 
which is uh, exacerbated by the global slowdown. So we already know that domestic consumption has fallen short of expectations. Domestic tourism is uh, lower than what it should be. Uh, exports have also declined. Uh, in the meanwhile, you have got reports that youth unemployment is about uh, 20%. Uh, local governments are heavily indebted and the real estate sector is still a drag on the economy. Uh, so China's central bank, the People's Bank of China, has loosened monetary policy a little bit. Uh, but we also have information coming in that the number of loan applications uh, being approved is down. So on paper, credit seems to be available, uh, but less people are borrowing and spending. Uh, we do have an analyst that suggests that China's growth projections of 5% this year is partly driven by a low base effect because of the COVID pandemic. Uh, and if we were to normalize that data, then China's growth would be closer to 3%. Um, I think for me, what is more worrying is that there is a lack of any kind of foreseeable catalyst. So there's no big stimulus package coming down the pipeline. So China really needs something significant enough to move the needle in the right direction. Mm. And talking about direction, China's online fast fashion retailer Sheen is reportedly seeking a US IPO, but the firm has denied what it deemed as rumours thing is, though, a lot of times we hear those reports by sources familiar with the matter and the firm mm. denies it and then after that it goes ahead with it. So uh, we're not, you know, push you to make a decision as to whether, you know, what's going to happen. But how would you read into this for the moment? Um, it does make sense, actually. So if you look at China's stock market, uh, it's been really disappointing a lot in the recent months. Mm. The uh, China reopening trade is very much over. Uh, if you look at uh, the U.S., in contrast, the U.S. is behaving as if the recession has been cancelled. Um, so a U.S. listing makes sense as a company can possibly be priced at a higher multiple mm. uh, and also perhaps help the company bypass some of the trade sanctions that the U.S. have uh, levied on uh, China. Uh, the other thing I can think of is that a sole listing in the U.S. would also help it to uh, help the company to distinguish itself from Tencent or Alibaba, mm. uh, which are listed in the U.S. as American depository receipts, not as common shares. Uh, mm. So on balance, this should be a plus for the company if it turns out to be true. Mm. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with Benjamin Goh, Head of Research and Investor Education at Sias. Well, Ben, let's take a look at some of the recent corporate headlines. We've got Nike releasing earnings yesterday. Now, sales outpaced Wall Street expectations. Profit fell short of estimates. Uh, more notably or more concerning is that Nike expects full-year revenue for fiscal 2024 to grow in mid-single digits, which is slightly lower than what analysts were expecting. So your thoughts on that? Well, certainly the company is facing significant headwinds. Uh, unpacking some of the numbers, the gross margin actually fell by about 1.4%. Uh, the company has stated that this is because of higher cost of production and transportation. Uh, performance was also negatively impacted by product markdowns, basically discounts uh, to move obsolete stock. Uh, as well as unfavorable foreign exchange rates. Mm. Um, now, that said, one uh, silver lining is that uh, Nike seems to be recovering in its key China market, so revenue there topped uh, analyst projections, so that's great. Uh, the company did guide estimates down to single-digit growth outlook, uh, as you have mentioned. Mm. Uh, but one analyst actually thinks that this is actually a smart idea because by lowering the bar, uh, you know, it's entirely beatable target, and we create, uh, and you know, it may create an upside opportunity for the share price later on as they show better progress. Mm. Now, if you look at a macro long-term view, uh, I think Nike's brand affinity is very strong. The company mm. should do better in the future quarters. 
so to me, it looks more like a rough patch rather than a accidental accidental turn for the worse. Mm, okay, let's stay in the US and look at Airbnb because it's seeing a viral tweet that suggested that revenue for property owners in some US cities down nearly 50%. Now, Airbnb being the uh, target of this uh, sort of tweet obviously said uh, this is not true. More guests are travelling on Airbnb than ever before. Bookings, uh, nights and experiences booked grew 19% on year in Q1. But who's right and who's wrong here? Any guesses? Well, I think there's a common issue with high-frequency data collected for only specific months of the year or for specific geographical locations. So if you look at the data, it may actually contain outliers or maybe the data has not been seasonally adjusted. Mm. Uh, so there could be multiple ways in which the data can be dirty. So we don't really know. Mm. Um, some research analysts, or rather, I think the most most of the research analysts out there covering Airbnb, they're still passing through the data uh, because only one analyst has updated his recommendations since this news came out. And, mm. and this analyst actually has got a buy call on Airbnb. Mm. Um, so we're already at the end of June. So the second quarter earnings should be released uh, soon. I think we'll get a much clearer picture then. Mm. And before we let you go, I want to ask this question, Ben. Are you a Pokemon Go player? Not really, but I did buy a Pikachu-themed suitcase when I was in Japan. <laughs> Well, that's nice. Uh, <laughs> and I'm bringing this up because Pokemon Go uh, maker Niantic, if I pronounce it correctly, it is closing its Los Angeles uh, game studio, cancelling NBA and Marvel titles and a restructuring efforts. It's tough days for the gaming industry, maybe? Um, well, see, the, the video gaming industry is, is somewhat similar to the F&B or, or movie making business, mm. right? So you have got hits, you've got duds. Very challenging to create consistent profits, uh, even though the franchise could be well-known and beloved by its fans. But what we do know is that the cost of production for high-quality games is uh, increasing over time. Uh, and uh, there are only a couple of months each year where the major companies will try to release uh, AAA titles. Mm. Uh, so it's a very crowded market at you know certain times of the year. So one narrative is that the video gaming industry actually has got more potential revenue to unlock. Because if you look at the price of games, they, they have been stagnant for the last few years, actually. Mm. So any increase in the sticker price uh, may actually improve the uh, valuation multiples of all the uh, gaming um, players. Mm. Well, as for myself, I'm uh, more of a Diablo 4 and Call of Duty player. Pikachu is pretty <laughs> cute, probably too cute, um, insufficiently violent, I suppose. But uh, that's just me. <laughs> Well, uh, thanks a lot, Benjamin. That was Benjamin Go, Head of Research and Investor Education at CIAS. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.